Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm your host, Erin Austin. My goal with every episode is to share information and resources to help you achieve the next level of growth in your expertise-based business. We all know generating income from our expertise is pretty easy. The challenge is in scaling and building a business that can run without you. Join me here every week to make sure you are building an asset that can be used to fund your goals and your legacy. Before we get started though, one little disclaimer, because I'm a lawyer. The information I share on the podcast is general in nature and is provided for information purposes only. It is not to be relied upon nor construed as providing legal advice or legal opinions about any specific issue or set of facts. Now, here we go. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Hourly to Exit podcast. I am excited for this week's conversation because I think you know this about me, that I'm always trying to figure out a way to make the intellectual property concepts more accessible and applicable to your businesses. So I've been thinking about, instead of attacking it from the intellectual property side, which is a bad habit of mine, I'm gonna attack it from the business side. And so what is happening in your business that suggests that you need an intellectual property solution? When we are growing our businesses, of course, this podcast is called Hourly to Exit, where we're starting out and we are providing one-on-one services. Maybe we're still providing them hourly. Maybe we have developed packages, but we're still doing it on a one-on-one basis. And so we will hit a few kind of road bumps that'll be very hard to get over if we aren't thinking about creating intellectual property that we can use in our businesses. So typically this happens when we are selling ourselves as the expert. I'm selling me, Aaron Austin, not that I'm selling my expertise in harnessing the power of intellectual property. And so when you're selling yourself instead of selling your expertise, it will show up in a number of places because the fact is that the prerequisite for scaling your business is to turn your expertise into something that you can create complementary products, complementary services, typically productized ones that complement your existing services. I will never recommend, assuming you want to continue to provide one-on-one services, that you stop doing that. There's a lot of value to providing those one-on-one services. First of all, you learn so much when you hear that feedback from your clients and it helps increase your expertise. Those one-on-one services are a huge part of continuing to develop our expertise. But is it the only way that you are providing value to your clients? And so while I entitled this eight business problems that have intellectual property solutions, the honest answer is there is only one problem, but what we have are eight symptoms. And so the big problem is that you haven't developed assets, whether those are products or processes that allow you to decouple your income from your time. We talk about that all the time. You need to be able to decouple your income from your time in order to scale your business. And by scaling, we mean not just increasing revenue because we could double our revenue by billing twice as many hours, but that's not how we want to grow our business. 
We want to scale by increasing our revenue while also increasing profit, which means we're decreasing the cost of generating that revenue. So whether that's increased, decreased time or other resources, if you have other things that you use from third parties. So that is what intellectual property is about. It is about creating assets that allow you to decouple your income from your time. It's not any more complicated than that. It's not patents and software and all those things. The things that we do in our business that allow us to decouple our income from our time are generally intellectual property, some registerable, some that is not, but we'll talk about that as well. So let's get started. The first business problem, client concentration. So there are only so many clients you can serve at a time if you are the expert providing one-on-one services. And high client concentration, the danger is that you lose one client. That could be the end of your business. Maybe you have, you can only serve one client at a time. Maybe you can only serve two clients at a time. And because they are so time consuming, you don't have time to do business development while you're out doing this. And so even if you have very happy clients, when the engagement comes to an end, you don't have any more clients coming along. So client concentration problem. What is your intellectual property solution? You can continue to do those one-on-one services, but how can we get you to be more effective so that you can serve more clients on a high level, on a one-on-one level, if that's what you desire. So that would mean making sure we're creating efficiencies in our business. And these things, we'll see these as we go forward as well. We're creating standard procedures. We have templates, we have models. So that allows us to become more efficient in how we deliver our one-on-one services to our clients. And those systems and processes could be also, by the way, your sales funnel. So that's not just about delivery. It's also about the operations in your business, about how you bring people in, how you move them through your pipeline, how you onboard them and offboard them. Those are all things that can be systematized so that you become more efficient and therefore you can serve more clients within the same kind of box of time that you have available so that you don't have the same client concentration problem. Business problem too revenue concentration. So if you have a client concentration problem, you certainly have a revenue concentration problem. And that means that all your revenue is coming from a single type of revenue, such as from one-on-one services. So you don't have a one-to-several model or a one-to-many model or something else that is a different revenue model. So could it be hourly? It could be by retainer. It could be project-based, value-based. And so when you create different revenue models, typically that goes with different type of products as well. Then you can have new revenue streams that are less dependent on you and your time. And so that could look like things like online workshops that you can deliver more efficiently or you can deliver at a lower price point. And therefore you can bring in a different kind of client that you can fit in inside of the time that you have available. It, it reminds me, I wasn't even thinking about this, but it reminds me of the, how do you get the most rocks in a jar? And you put the biggest ones in first, and then you put the little ones in to go around, and then you put the sand at the end. But if you did the other way, then you wouldn't be able to get nearly as much in. And maybe we think about our revenue models in that way. Like we think about the biggest ones, the one-on-one, 
And then we think about what's the medium rocks that we can get in there. And then maybe down the line, digital products is a whole separate animal. But that's something to think about is the way of filling your jar is big, medium, and then small. So revenue concentration, earner concentration. If you are the expert, they only want you providing one-on-one services for them. You're available to them. You're the one creating all the revenue. You're the sole earner in the business. Then when you aren't out there delivering services, you aren't making any money. Very hard to take a vacation. Very hard to work on product business development. Very hard to get a manicure even, right? So that means you need to create systems, templates, and models. So that allows you to create leverage through other earners. And it was just your genius out there being genius A, and that's what people are paying for, then you got to be out there being genius all the time in order to make revenue. But if you can create systems, have some templates, have some models, and you can use either employees or contractors to help deliver some or maybe even all of the output on the legal side, inside of in-house legal departments, you'll often have the business person who does a term sheet with the client. And then they send that term sheet to the legal department. And it is a contract manager to the non-lawyer who does the first draft of that agreement. The lawyers don't do those. And then, you know, once they have that first draft, then the lawyer looks at it, of course, before it goes out. But that's a way to create leverage in your business. Anytime you are using a resource that is less expensive than you, that allows you to do higher level things, then you're creating leverage in your business. And so that is one way to help you not being the only person that is driving revenue in the business. The fourth business problem, revenue ceiling. There's only so much you can charge for facilitating a workshop or for providing a coaching session. Is it Tim Robbins who came up today? And I know that he charges like a million bucks a year or something for his coaching. So if you're not, you know, him, how can I not remember his name? Then there's going to be a ceiling on how much you can charge, right? And so you need to, again, figure out a way to decouple your income from your time. Once you hit what the market will bear in terms of pricing and you have hit time limits on how much you can work, then in order to keep growing, then you need to decouple those things. And so that means creating some sort of asset that can create revenue without you. We talked about employees and contractors, but another way to do that is through licensing. So if you have a workshop, for instance, that right now you are going out and delivering, you're facilitating your workshops personally with your clients. And if you are able to create a license where other facilitators who you know, like, and trust can use your workshop to either service your clients because you can only service so many. The demand is there that you can't meet. Or maybe they have their own clients, but they have a need for this type of workshop and they don't have their own. They can license yours and deliver it to their end clients. And that means that you are getting revenue from the delivery of your workshop, but you aren't delivering it. So that's another way to bust that revenue ceiling. The fifth, is inconsistent cash flow. When you're doing custom services, we all are familiar with the feast and famine cycle of selling custom services, especially if you don't have the capacity for multiple clients. And you know, this all feeds together with that client concentration problem as well. 
So you have that whale client. Who doesn't love a whale client that will keep you busy for a year? Then what happens when they're gone? Because a client that will keep you busy for a year is not going to be signing off of your website. There's going to be a long sales cycle that goes along with that. And that can be pretty unnerving. To even out your cash flow, having an intellectual property solution of creating an asset that you can sell access to on a recurring basis, also known as recurring revenue, helps even out your cash flow. So maybe you have a library of digital resources that you can sell subscriptions to. Maybe you have a community that you can sell access to. And these are ways to create recurring revenue streams so you can stabilize your cash flow. Your sixth business problem is weak positioning. If you're not developing some sort of signature solution that you're known for, or you aren't attacking a problem that you are known for in the industry, then probably you're just selling your time, you're just responding to RFPs, and you're letting the client tell you what you want from them. And then, okay, I can do that. And you do it, you do. They're happy and they do it. But you're not creating the thing that you become known for, who you go-to person for. And so to be that go-to person, that means creating some intellectual property around that. You're creating some original thought leadership that is speaking to the specific problem or the specific niche that you want to serve. And around that, you are creating some branded services or some branded solutions around that. That, of course, is intellectual property. The seven, stagnant profitability. So if you are out there geniusing with every new engagement, then you're probably not getting the benefit of the increased efficiencies of having systems, templates, and models. If you're starting from scratch with every engagement, then you meet with your client, you find out what their issue is, and you go to the drawing board like an artist starting with something completely unique and original for your client. And there may be a place for that in your business, but that does mean that you will not be able to increase your profit in your business because it will be very hard to get more efficient in that model. So systematization, templates, models. If you're not billing by the hour, then you want to become more efficient because that means lowered costs and therefore increased profit. And back to using less expensive resources. And that, by the way, could include technology. Like when you really kind of have a whole system in place for getting from A to Z and delivering value to your business, there may be a spot for technology. And this is even more relevant, obviously, today with AI to figure out like, what part of this can I use technology to help become more efficient? There has to be a system to it for you to really be able to take advantage of that. And then our last, our eighth business problem is the impact ceiling. We all got into the business because there was some impact we wanted to make. There's something we believed in that we thought we could make that happen and create great value for our clients. We love our clients and we wanted them to succeed. But when we're doing it on a one-on-one basis, there's, again, there's only so many people we can impact on a one-on-one basis. Now, personally, you know, I'm a lawyer. We do one-on-one a lot. But I also want to help women understand the value that's hidden in their businesses to make sure they're capturing all the value so that they can use their businesses, not just for income, 
but also to create wealth because I believe wealth in the hands of women can change the world. But how many women can I impact if I'm only doing it on with my one-on-one client? And that's why I have this podcast, my newsletter, and I do workshops and I guest expert and things like that so I can reach more people and have a bigger income. Of course, I am creating intellectual property around that in the form of courses to come, books to come. But right now, it's mostly through my frameworks and that I work people through and I have systems for helping them create licensing programs, systems for making sure that they are tracking and protecting and monetizing their intellectual property. And so that's how you increase your impact by creating resources, whether they're for sale or for free, because most of my resources are free to make sure that you are impacting as many people as possible with whatever the special message is that you are bringing to the world. So again, it all boils down to that same issue is that if you're doing something that requires you in person with your time, then you will hit all of these ceilings of impact and revenue, these concentration problems, these cash flow problems, positioning problems, profitability problems. All of them mean that you haven't developed some assets that allow you to generate revenue, to increase impact without you working more. So if you have any questions about that, I'd love to talk to you about it more. You can find me at thinkbeyondip.com and there you can see how you can work with me. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this. If there's anything that wasn't clear, please contact me. That makes my day. I hope this was helpful for you. I really enjoyed putting this together. So in case you are a visual learner, I did create a graphic that goes through the eight problems that have intellectual property solutions. And so there should be a link in the show notes where you can sign up to get a copy of that graphic. And as always, I welcome your questions and comments. Thanks again for joining me. See you again soon. Thanks for listening. Do not forget to check out the show notes for links to connect with today's guest and for the resources, offers, and organizations that we discussed. You can also find the links at hourlytoexit.com backslash podcast. If you got value from this episode, please subscribe. And I'd be so grateful for a review. I'm here to support your journey.